Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Chicago Bears. This is the Bears Wire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Bears Wire editor, Alyssa Barbieri. Hey there, welcome into the show. Alyssa, how are you doing? How are you enjoying this very, uh, what, how, how can we put this, uninspiring wave of free agency for Ryan Poles and the Bears so far? How, how are you enjoying this so far? I think uninspiring is the best word for it Thank because, you. you know, looking at, you know, when Ryan Poles came in and he had this clear vision of what he wanted to do to this roster, and obviously this is just the beginning, uh, but I think we all expected, you know, a little more aggressive approach in free agency, like maybe not paying like big contracts, but really kind of trying to go all in, which I think we've seen with a couple of moves they tried to make or reportedly tried to make. But I mean, when you look at the guys they've signed the Lucas Patrick, Nicholas Morov, Justin Jones, Al-Kadeem Muhammad, Byron Pringle, Equinania St. Brown, Trevor Simeon, Kari Blassingham, Dakota Dozier, and re-signed your long snapper and, uh, DeAndre Houston Carson, it's kind of just like that. That's it. And like, <laughs> I'm it. trying, I'm trying to like be patient, which is not a strength of mine. I'm a very impatient person, but I'm trying to be with Pulse. I'm trying to trust him because he seems like he knows what he's doing. He has that vision. But at the same time, I feel like I'm sitting here just like waiting for, I don't know, just like a move for him to kind of show that. I guess the thing is just like we all expected like this investment around Justin Fields and like we expected big moves at the wide receiver position and the offensive line position. And, you know, we haven't gotten that so far. So, like, I'm just kind of sitting here wondering, um, I know it's March or going to be April, probably when people are listening to this, but I'm just like, okay. uh, is it possible it's worse than last year? And And I think the answer could be yes right now. Yeah, 100%. I think the number one story of the Bears offseason, and you've been, of course, writing about this on Bears Wire, Alyssa, is Justin Fields' development going into year two. And it's a point that, Alyssa, you have made over and over, right? On this show, on your Twitter feed, and your write-ups on Bears Wire, how many times have you said that or written that? The number one priority for the Bears has to be the development of Justin Fields, right? He's the future. He's the franchise. I think the concern that's developing here for Bears fans, is that we have this new GM in Ryan Poles, and his number one priority is to fix all the roster-building blunders of the previous regime, right? That's kind of what his mode is right now. Uh, His number one priority is getting this team set up for success in 2023 and beyond, it seems, right? 2022 is definitely, it's not even a rebuilding year. It's a teardown year. He's tearing it down. Uh, the problem is that Justin Fields is now entering year number two as a pro, right? You could argue that's the most important year for his development, for a young quarterback's development, year two. You want that he want him to start taking steps forward and gaining some confidence. You definitely don't want him to take a step back. So you, you want to see him on a trajectory, right? And uh, so I think that's very valid, right? And, and you had this cool article on Bears Wire where where you had, you know, all, all these different people around the NFL chiming in about how, oh, wait, I'm kind of worried about what the Bears are doing right now because Justin Fields, right? He remains the number one story. And right now, you you kind of rattled off all the moves the Bears have made. Meanwhile, like who's left, right? Allen Robinson's left. Khalil Mack has left. Jason Peters, the left tackle, has left. Like, 
Akeem Hicks is gone, right? All these big-name starters have left, and we've brought in a bunch of depth guys. Byron Pringle, depth guy for Kansas City, right? Lucas Patrick was a, a rotational offensive lineman for the Packers, right? Now he's going to be the starting center. Like, there's a lot. Like, we could actually look at this team right now and be like, all right, we were ripping Matt Nagy. We were ni- ripping Ryan Pace last year because the roster wasn't good enough and we couldn't evaluate fields. But they might have gotten worse on offense. They've definitely they've definitely gotten worse at wide receiver and offensive line right now, haven't they? Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, you made a good point, Ryan, about, you know, Ryan Poles coming in and having to fix Ryan Pace's mess. And, you know, you know, that's what, you know, Ryan Pace had to do replacing Phil Emery when he took over. It's just like a, that's part of the job. But, you know, at the same time, they didn't have I mean, Jay Cutler was still there, but it wasn't like you have a young hopeful franchise quarterback in Justin Fields where, like you said, year two, this is just crucial and integral to his development. And, you know, when polls, you know, his introductory press conference, you know, he got there and he was talking about building this team around Justin Fields. Matt Eberflus was talking about it, building the offense around him, doing everything to put him in a position to succeed. You know, Ryan Poles being a former offensive lineman, understanding the importance of that and, you know, putting those pieces up front, but then also getting the weapons for Fields and, you know, I think like he, listening to that, I kind of expected a more aggressive approach and he's been kind of conservative and just kind of, you know, letting the market come to him, which has, I guess you could argue has worked to a degree with some moves. Like I like the Lucas Patrick signing. I like the Byron Pringle signing. They still need to obviously add to both offensive line and wide receiver. But, you know, those are moves that I I like and I applaud. They're under the radar, not big splashes, but it's understandable considering, you know, all the moves he's had to kind of clean up what Ryan Pace has left him and getting all those big contracts off the books, you know, making the roster younger. And, you know, you kind of look at, you know, what's happened so far and it is rather uninspiring, but I'm trying to also remind myself we're early on. I'm trying to, again, the patience thing, which isn't working because then the only thing I'm concerned about, I know the only thing I'm concerned about is Justin Fields because when's the last time the bears had a quarterback of this, just skill set that like he looks the part of a franchise quarterback or that he could develop into that franchise quarterback. And so you want to see your new general manager kind of put him in a place to succeed. And, you know, Ryan Poles was asked, you know, when he, uh, during the NFL annual uh, league meeting down in Palm beach, you know, do you think that you've put done enough for Justin Fields to help him improve, you know, and he was talking about that. He thinks he has in more, I think it was quite telling because it kind of pointed to the fact that like Matt Nagy was the problem because he was talking about how getting a new offensive scheme for Justin Fields, it really fits his skill set and bringing in a new coaching staff and how he thinks those are things that are going, going to help him improve, which he's not wrong. But at the same time, it's not just a matter of, you know, okay, hey, here's an offense that's going to work for you, right? And you have better coaches. Yes, but if you don't have the pieces around you and the supporting cast, what good is that going to do? If you don't have time once again to throw the football without getting sacked nine times in a game, or if you can't, I mean, now you have what, Darnell Mooney's your top guy? Like, who? I mean, Byron Pringle maybe, you know, who else is getting open, right? You had Allen Robinson last year, you know, on occasion. So, I mean, it's just, there's so many question marks. And again, I'm trying to be patient, but it's hard because at this point, the one thing for Bears fans is Justin Fields' development. That is the most important thing heading into this year. You know, Ryan, we talked about on the last podcast or a couple or in the last two, how we don't really expect that 2022 is going to be 
you know, a, a year that's going to be exciting or, you know, successful in terms of win loss. You know what I mean? So, but Definitely. the thing that, you know, everyone's going to be looking for is Justin Fields' development. And I just think like it's been rather uninspiring going back to that word that you used, what he's done for Justin Fields so far, you know, because you look at the draft, he only has six draft picks to use. He has to address other needs throughout the roster because the defense, you know, took a hit. Like you mentioned, there are several starting jobs still up for grabs. He needs to fill those positions, you know, whether it's in free agency in these later stages or in the draft and you don't have a lot of draft capital to to do it. And then you also want to make sure, hey, don't forget about your quarterback, okay, right? Don't forget about him because, yes, he has the talent. Yes, you're putting him in an offense that you think is going to be good for him. But if you don't put the pieces around him, what good is that going to be? Yeah, I mean, you talk about the draft capital, Alyssa. It's like, you know, in a month, the draft is going to be here, and the Bears aren't going to be picking in the first round, right? The New York Giants are going to pick a really good player at number seven overall, which is where the Bears should be drafting. Why? Because we use that draft capital to get Justin Fields, right? The the word I'm going back to now is evaluate, right? We use that word a lot last season throughout the year when we were doing our weekly pod here. Evaluation, right? I want to be able to evaluate Justin Fields. I want to know if he's the franchise guy. We all love him. We all love his demeanor, his attitude, his swag, his skill set on the field. We saw flashes of brilliance last year when there was all kinds of crap going on with the team and the offense. We saw flashes of brilliance. We want to believe, but we have to be able to evaluate Justin Fields, right? And I think going back to last year, here's my rant of the week, Alyssa. Um, <laughs> I think the most annoying thing about the 2021 season, besides Matt Nagy and, and all the things going on with him, he was very annoying in a lot of ways. Just every, Always. as I kept saying last year, every sh- camera shot of him on the, on the sideline was annoying, right? Just looking at his face yes. was annoying. But besides that, the most annoying thing to me doing this show weekly with you was that we weren't allowed to evaluate Justin Fields. It wasn't allowed. We weren't allowed to say Fields played a crappy game. We weren't allowed to say he was struggling uh, or that he had the worst quarterback rating in the league or completion percent. We weren't allowed to do that because he had the basket case head coach, right? He had the the play caller, whoever it was in a given week. We didn't really know, but whoever it was uh, calling crappy plays, not calling plays designed for his skill set. We had the offensive line that couldn't block anybody. Yeah, we keep going back to that Cleveland Browns game, right? Where he got sacked nine times. We can't help. We can't get that one out of our head. It's seared into our memories. Can't forget that. Again, Allen Robinson disappeared. Where were you at, Allen Robinson? He just disappeared. It was the Darnell Mooney show. Mooney performed greatly, admirably, but he had to be the number one receiver because Allen Robinson disappeared. Nobody was getting open. And all of that was valid, but we it wasn't we couldn't go in there and evaluate the quarterback. It was always an excuse for Justin Fields. He would play poorly and then there would be excuses for it. Again, valid, but we couldn't evaluate him and that was annoying, right? That that I didn't enjoy that. Going Week to week to week, we couldn't really evaluate if Fields was the guy. I don't want to do that again, Alyssa. I don't want to do that in 2022. Like, I know we're going to be in a much better place next year at this time. I think, you know, if the Bears have a bad season, they could be picking very high in the 2023 draft. They could have a ton of cap space. It could be they could be making big moves at this point of free agency. Like, I get all that. It's going to feel better next year. But I don't want to do a weekly podcast all through 2022 where we can't evaluate the quarterback because everything around him isn't good enough. That's where I'm It's it's paining me right now. Can you tell? I am overreacting here in March. (laughs) I love it. It's overreaction March time. But, you know, I I definitely agree with what you said because you're you're right. Like, we'd come on here and we'd see some of the special things that he did. But then we'd also kind of, you know, fairly. But they were excuses, you know, because, you know, he wasn't put in the best 
position to succeed on offense. He didn't have the supporting cast a lot of the time. And I understand like no quarterback or most quarterbacks are not going to be put in a perfect position where everything's going right. You know, like you're not always going to have the pass protection. You're not always going to have, you know, the superior weapons like Kansas City. You know, it's not always going to happen. Like, I understand that it's not supposed to be perfect, but at the same time, it has to be fair. He was a rookie. He didn't have time to prepare as a starter. He was thrown to the wolves. Good point. And he didn't like get said, any reps I, in the preseason, right? We no, got to remember no. that. It was the Andy Dalton show. <laughs> yeah. We got to re- That's a great point, Alyssa. Oh, uh, Andy Dalton. Yeah. I mean, like, so like you said, I, I just want to like, I want to evaluate him. Like you said, I want to see him on the field. I want to see him in this new offense. I want to see him with, you know, I guess a decent offensive line, which I will take at this point. I want to see him with weapons outside of Darnell Mooney and Byron Kringle. Cause like Equinania St. Brown should be like a, like a, a wide receiver four or five at this point. Like yes. you still need to add another couple of guys there. I know Cole Komet, I'm excited to see, you know, how they're building, you know, that, but like, I want to be able to evaluate him. I want to see, because we've seen flashes of it, you know, whether it was in training camp, or in the preseason, or even during the regular season. But I think we all we all want to see it put together, like during an actual regular season game, when it counts, kind of like we saw against the Steelers. Like we saw, like that was probably the game where we kind of saw it most click together. But now this roster looks different than it did last year. So now, it, it, and like we had talked about earlier, it, in a way it's worse. Like currently, again, I know it's March, soon to be April, <laughs> But, like, at this point, it's hard not to be concerned, and we're kind of talking and focusing on the now, trying to be patient, but also scared as hell for Justin Fields in year two because, I, I, I mean, they signed Trevor Simeon. I don't want to see him at all next year unless the Bears <laughs> have blown out a team, which, I, you know, that would be very nice, right? Um, but I don't see that happening, so I don't want to see Trevor Simeon, but I'm afraid we might have to if they, you know, if they really don't do a good job of really shoring up the offensive line. But, I mean, you can't say that Ryan Pace hasn't tried. I mean, Ryan Poles. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, uh, no, the first time. The first you time. Got me. Yep. We'll, we'll have well, to have Ryan a scoreboard. We'll much. keep track of that. Damn, I thought I was going to get through that. <laughs> See, I, just, I got really hot there. Okay. <laughs> so, Ryan Poles, he's tried so far, like, with the Ryan Bates thing, which a lot of Bears fans are upset about. Because, I mean, yeah, he had four starts. But I think there's a reason why Buffalo matched the Bears offer sheet. Because they traded for him after seeing him for like a pre in a preseason game against the Eagles. Like they know that he's there. He could be a starter moving forward, but at least, you know, polls went out and made the move, but that's kind of a risk that you take with a restricted free agent that that could happen, you know, but it's nice to see that polls located a talent like Bates, who obviously is valued by the team that just matched his author sheet. So like he has the eye for that, which is nice down the road, but kind of bringing this back full circle right now, the concern is Justin Fields because this is year two and this is a really crucial year for him. Yeah. The Ryan Bates situation is really interesting, right? Because we could talk about wide receiver all we want. I mean, Alan Robinson out Byron Pringle and uh, Equinanius St. Brown might've butchered that, but uh, St. Brown in that, you know, that's a downgrade. Like we love Darnell Mooney. Don't love him as my number one receiver. I want Darnell. He's an elite wide receiver too. But we need somebody to compliment him. What's going there with the wide receiver? Might be draft. Like, who knows, right? Like, we're, we'll, we'll get to that. But the offensive line is super interesting, right? Uh, the left tackle is probably Tevin Jenkins. We're not sure if Tevin Jenkins can play left tackle yet, right, Alyssa? We're, we're hoping he can. We, we saw a little bit of him late last year. 
we're hoping Tevin Jenkins and, and Larry Borum will be able to step in as second-year guys and be stud offensive linemen. We're just not sure, right? So we have them. Uh, Ryan Bates, I mean, obviously the Bears, they don't have a right guard. So we're going. We're a month away from the draft. We don't have a right guard. Uh, Ryan Bates would have filled that need. What's really interesting is Pace went and he created – I just said pace. I just said you pace. You just too. said pace. Yeah, pace. Okay, we're tied. We're tied. One one. Polls. <laughs> polls. Structured that contract, that offer sheet for Bates. Four years, seventeen million. A list of the first two years fully guaranteed. That thing was designed for the Bills not to match it, and the Bills did at the last second, right? The eleventh hour, right? It was like right at the end. Uh, the Bills matched that. So Ryan Bates was a guy that, yeah, you're right, he targeted. But again, not exactly a splash move, right? Bates was a rotational depth piece for the Bills. He he kind of became a starter late in the year and during their playoff run. He played pretty well. Uh, but that was at the end of the year because of injuries. He was kind of a rotational guy. Again, not a splashy move. Lucas Patrick, he's going to be the center. Is he a splashy move? I don't know. He was a rotational guy for the Packers playing left guard, right guard. He could play some center. He's going to be the guy snapping the ball to uh, to uh, Justin Fields now. So you look at this offensive line, Lucas Patrick, we're, we're expecting him to be the center. Uh, Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum, obviously they're going to be heavily involved. But, it, you know, is Jenkins going to be able to stick at left tackle? We'll have to see who's going to be the right guard. Dakota Dozier, I mean, tell me a little bit about Dakota, Dakota Dozier, right? All I know is that he was on the practice squad for the Vikings last year, Alyssa. But you were throwing some stats at me that were like blowing my mind before we started recording. Yeah, he he was actually a starter in 2020, and he I believe he got COVID. I remember reading a story uh, on ESPN. But you know, in 2020, when he was a starter, he was like the worst graded offensive guard on in Pro Football Focus, like ever. I think for a single season, and I'm just like, wow, this is totally like a Ryan Pace move, even though Ryan Poles is now in charge. But like, I get it because there's a connect, there's like connections to you know certain coaches on the coaching staff and stuff. Not, I mean, he's a depth piece because I remember when that news happened, people were freaking out. And you know, as you know, a writer, I I, I love it because it, it makes for good a good read. Uh, I love doing those reaction pieces for sure. But they're, like at the same perfect. time, they're, they're perfect. Um, but he's a depth finding because obviously you you know you need depth. you need you need training camp bodies too. He's Some of these deep, other deep no depth name guys. Signing. Yes. Very deep, deep death signing. You, you, you do not want him starting. <laughs> like, no. That's, that would be a success if he does not start. So he's clearly not your right starting right guard. But, I mean, I did, like, my projected offensive uh, starting offense uh, right now after the first wave of free agency. And since, you know, he's one of the only ones on the roster right now, I kind of have him in that spot. But he's not going to be there. So don't fret. Love it. Like, that, he, but he's not get the fans starting fired right up. guard. Yeah, put him there, though. Yeah. The fans will get fired up. Oh yeah, but like, and then kind of going back to your point about the tackle position, I think like obviously Ryan Poles being a former offensive lineman, one of the things he said in his press conference uh, was that they're going to fix the offensive line, and he was looking for you know quick guys, he's looking for nasty guys, uh, lighter guys, younger, you know, right? And I think that you know he's kind of done that. He's weeded out some of the ones that he thinks don't belong, and he you know he's brought on Lucas Patrick so far, and somehow Dakota Dozier fits into that. I'm assuming because he did sign him. Um, so Much younger, I mean, but the tackle definitely. position, definitely, but you look at, you know, Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borman, that's the thing. Like, we don't know where they're going to be lining up because like Ryan Poles wouldn't commit to anything like, yes, Jenkins technically right now is a starting left, left, left tackle. And, you know, Borum is a starting right tackle, but 
you know, the Bears could still go out in free agency. There's, you know, someone like Eric Fisher who comes from the Colts, you know, has the Matt Eberflus connection. They could go offensive tackle in the draft and, you know, plug him in there. But you did spend and trade up, even though I know Pace isn't here anymore, but they did use a second round pick and trade up to acquire Tevin Jenkins. So you're hoping that he can be your starting left tackle or right tackle. And maybe you kick Borum over to left tackle. I don't know. I don't have to make that decision, but I'm really hoping that someone that informed it, you know, and that like someone like polls is really good about valuation for that. Uh, you know, we're going to have to see that's the biggest question. It's going to be answered. We'll know by the moves he makes. It's just right now, like as a fan and you're sitting back and you're just kind of looking at the current situation and you're just very uneasy and very, it's, you know, very concerning at this point, but again, it's March, soon to be April. There's still plenty of time to go. I guess we'll see uh, as this transpires. But I think the only two, you know, starters I think that are currently just like in place, and that's going to be where they are, as you know, Lucas Patrick at center and Cody Whitehair at left guard. Yeah, that's it. And, and Lucas Patrick, I, I like what you said about him. He, he is like kind of a smart little signing. You take him away from the Packers. Got to love that, right? Uh, yeah. Got to love that. I think where I was going with this was like. Even if they ended up with Ryan Bates, is that a splash signing? Not really. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. It, it would be a big signing compared to what they've done so far in free agency, but not really a splash. Lucas Patrick, is he a splash signing? Not Good move. I like it, but not a splash signing. The splash signing would have been Teron Armstead, right? I mean, yeah. franchise, best left tackle in the game. And I was waiting for the emergency podcast to listen because last time we recorded – you said that was like high on your radar. You're like, we're waiting. Maybe he'll make one big move. Maybe it'll be uh, Teron Armstead, right? And we're all just, and I was just sitting here like begging for it to happen. You know, it, just like <laughs> speaking it into the universe. Like, come on, we want Teron Armstead. Like, you get that guy. Ooh, oh, now I feel really good about the offensive line, right? But right now it's hard to, again, it's that word uninspired. Like, without that guy, without that, like, you know, I mean, I would love to call Cody Whitehair that guy, but there's just no anchor. That makes me feel like that kind of makes it all work and it makes it all come together, right? They're just missing that thing. Uh, so, man, Teron Armstead, could you imagine that? That that would have been just so perfect. Yeah, I have no doubt that they are probably monitoring that situation. But when you look at the contract they got from the Dolphins, I can see why. Yeah, I can see why that did not happen. Dolphins are doing things. They are like that. They're building around their quarterback who is in year going into year three. So I don't know. I hopefully we don't have to wait till year three for to start making some more moves to help fields uh so <laughs> I'm but yeah it's it's yeah the, the arm i was waiting for that like i mean because you look at how much you know cap space they had and you know certain moves like if we we're going to talk a splash signing right i think the one that it would have been but then it wasn't was larry Ogunjobi, who that was the splash signing until he failed his physical and then didn't sign with the team like that was going to be the one and even then yeah. it was like we weren't doing a cannonball. It was just like, you know, splash, but you know, it wasn't like a major one, uh, but Armstead would have been like a massive cannonball, you know? So, but again, I can see why he didn't pull the trigger on that move because of all the money he got. He's someone, he hasn't been able to start 16 games a couple years. He's on the older side. I mean, at the same time he's proven. So like, that's why I'm sure that's an avenue that he explored. But when he realized that, you know, that's how much money he was going to command, which I think we all kind of realized he would, I think Paul just kind of said, okay, that's okay. We're going to find another plan. Cause that, that's the one thing I will say about polls and how he's handled this. Like whether it was the Ogan Joby failed physical or the Ryan Bates thing, I guess we're waiting to see what happens is how he's kind of pivoted to plan B like immediately after the Ogan Joby, after he failed his physical, 
he signed Justin Jones, you know, to fill that three technique spot. Yep. Like, I'm curious to see if he has a plan B. I think he does, whether it's in free agency or in the draft. Like, he had to have prepared for the scenario that the Bills matched that offer sheet for Bates, which clearly they did. So, like, now we're kind of waiting to see, okay, what is the next move? Like, yeah, like, I feel like he's someone that he's ready for that. So, like, maybe it's not happening yet. Maybe it's in free agency. Maybe it's the draft. Because I think definitely interior linemen's got to be, you know, a top need now going into the draft. For sure, for sure. We're just in a different place than Dolphins fans, right? The Like, Dolphins yeah. fans, they came in... They already had Devontae Parker and Jalen Waddle, right? And then they add Cedric Wilson Jr. from the Cowboys, and then they're like, yeah, that's not quite enough. We're going to get Tyreek Hill and Teron Armstead. Oh, yeah, and we're going to bring in Chase Edmonds, the running back. Like, they're just, like, weapons all over the place. Can we just get a couple of those guys? Like, that's all we're asking for, right? Alyssa, like, is that too much to ask? Like, I know we don't have a ton of cap space, but it's like, we could, like, isn't there a way to, like, structure it so, like, the bigger cap hits come down the road when the bears will have plenty of money to spend. Like, could, like, can't we be in on some of these guys? Like, I don't know. Is that too much to ask? I don't know. I no, don't... I definitely think so. Cause especially like what they have 121 million in cap space next yeah, year. Seems like enough. Like, I mean, I mean, I feel like that's when we're going to see some big moves, but at the same time, I don't want to waste year two for Justin Fields. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like you gotta, I'm not asking you to go trade for Tyree kill. Like, you know, like they did, but that would have been nice. Like maybe you land, uh, hey, hey, trade for DK Metcalf. I'll take that or Tyler Lockett. Like you know, some kind of like proven receiver. But you know, I want you to do something at this point. Maybe those bigger moves come next year. But you know, just really put the quarterback in a position to succeed. Because I mean, we even saw the Bears do that with you know Ryan. We saw Ryan Pace do that with Mitchell Trubisky. Like when he went out and got some weapons for him. I know Trey Burton didn't end up working out. He got Allen Robinson, uh, uh, Taylor Gabriel. Like he went out that offseason yep. in Mitch's second year. And got weapons for him. Granted, you know, Brian Pace is someone that's always pushed money to the future and let us worry about it later. And Poles is kind of trying to fix this mess right now. But at the same time, you just want to see Poles really kind of just put investment into the quarterback. And I know he does have other positions to fill, especially after, you know, getting rid of Eddie Goldman and Tariq Cohen and trading Mac. Like, I mean, I understand. But again, at this point, it's hard not to worry. Yeah, and it's our job to worry, right? Because we do a podcast, yeah. Alyssa, so we have to react in the in the now. So this could all this could all be fixed in a month, right? They go and trade for DK Metcalf, a perfect compliment to Darnell Mooney with his playing style because he's a big physical kind of guy. Like I love that, and now we're singing his praises. But right now we're going to overreact and be worried because and it he's all from goes. Chicago. Oh, oh, perfect. Oh, perfect. I'm sure he'd love to be. Come home, DK. Let's he go. Would, yeah, <laughs> let's do that. That's perfect, right? That'd be great. This is what we're looking for, though. Just something because. I, yeah, like you said, it all comes back to Fields in year two, and we can't help but remember that his first offseason as the starter uh, was just the head coach making sure we all knew Andy Dalton was QB1, and he made sure that Fields was watching through training camp in the preseason, right? So he didn't get to do the whole training camp preseason thing as the starter. He had to wait. And you've gotten worse on the all on the offensive line. You've gotten worse at wide receiver. You brought in the defensive-minded head coach and the first-time offensive coordinator. So, like, what in the world are we supposed to believe will improve? What, what's going to get better? So that's just kind of that's just you know the baseline for our worry, right? That's why we're worried. And hopefully things work out, and and, and we're not so worried in a, in you know a couple weeks here, Alyssa. But time will tell. The Bears have. A little bit of cap space left. I think the latest after they they brought in uh, Trevor Simeon, which we could talk about the quarter the backup quarterback if you like. <laughs> Poor Nick Foles. He's never going to be the backup. He's either number three or they're trying to get rid of him. 
Uh, but they've got around 15, 16 million in cap space for this year. Six picks going into next month's draft. Obviously, nothing in the first round. They do have two in the second round, numbers 39 and 48. You know, what, what's, what's kind of your leadoff thought on where the team is at here heading into the draft? You know, based on where their cap space is and their needs heading into a draft where they don't pick in the first round, do you think they have to go all in on wide receiver given that they've kind of made not so splashy moves all these big name wide receivers are moving in the NFL the bears decided to kind of go on that secondary market right byron pringle like that's kind of a you know kind of a a sneaky move or yeah that that guy's shown a lot of potential with patrick mahomes in the, in Kansas City but he's not devonte adams he's not tyree kill he's not amari cooper right these guys that have been changing teams uh so do you think they have to go for like a surefire wide receiver, a guy who could develop into a wide receiver one, someone like George Pickens from Georgia with that number nine, that number 39 overall pick? Um, or do you think they go corner? We were talking about that before we started recording. Offensive line. Like, wh- what do you think their priority has to be here in that second round when they actually do get to make a couple draft picks? Yeah, that's a difficult question because, you know, they just have so many needs at this point. Like, there's so many holes in starting jobs. Yeah. To fill whoever's on the top of their board at that point. Yeah, I would say like best available at the position. Like you said, like obviously wide receiver is a need because they've only added Pringle and St. Brown uh, during the during free agency so far. And you need to he needs more weapons. I'm sorry. (laughs) And obviously offensive line, there's questions at tackle, there's questions at guard. So that's also something. And if we're talking, kind of keeping in theme with this uh, this podcast, you know, you want to make sure that you are surrounding Justin Fields with the supporting cast he needs. So, you know, you hope that one of those, you know, second round picks or maybe even both, depending on what happens in free agency and who's available, that one or both of those are used, you know, at wide receiver and offensive line. But then, like you mentioned, cornerback, which is something it's crazy because cornerback was a huge need last year and one that Ryan Page is completely overlooked and did not address. He added what Desmond Trufant, uh, which who, who didn't even make the final 53 man roster. And that was like the answer for releasing Kyle Fuller. And it was just a mess. You had Kendall Vildor and Artie Byrne. And it just, it was, it was a mess as we saw, like, yes, we saw Thomas Graham kind of, you know, kind of emerge in the last few games of that, of his rookie season. So, you know, but can we really call him a starter? Like that's, I don't think so. So you think that they would be looking to, uh, you know, draft a cornerback maybe with one of those second round picks. They have, they got Jalen Johnson in the second round. Right. You know, so there's we know there's going to be top talent available at that position, Definitely. you know, so yep. I mean, they could also go cornerback there and then you still have needs at linebacker. Right. Because Nicholas Morrow, it kind of sounded listening to, to Matt Eberflus that he's kind of that he could be a rotational guy with like Roquan or whoever else is lining up. Like, is he a starter, really? Because then you have you have two other starting linebacking uh, linebacker spots to fill. You know, you need a starting safety opposite Eddie Jackson. That's what makes it so difficult, because it's not like. I mean, it's some of the same needs every year, I feel like, uh, wide receiver, offensive line, the, uh, the secondary. But at the same time, there's so many holes, and they only have six draft picks to do it. You know, I mean, I could definitely see them, though. We'll really see how Poles feels. Is he going to go all in on Justin Fields, at least in year two, With in terms of the draft, right? He's, he can't really go all in when he didn't really make a splash in free agency, but is he going to do something to really help, you know, add some weapons for him or to help with, you know, up front? I mean, it's really hard because I, you know, Ryan, we were talking about this. It's really hard to to read Ryan Poles because, like, this is his first year, and we don't really know his tendencies and everything. So I'm trying to think. You know, he's someone who understands the importance 
of making sure that, you know, the battle's won in the trenches. So, you know, I can't, I don't see how you wouldn't address the offensive line with one of those top picks in the second round. Like, and you need to get weapons around fields, but there's, there could also be, you know, some receivers, you know, that maybe fall to the third round. Like, I don't know if David Bell's going to fall to the third round. I think Christian, you know, Christian Watson's still going to go maybe in the second round. Like there's, it's all kind of a matter of, you know, best available. I think I would say at, Yep. specific positions of need and like who's still left on the board. Cause you know, they do have, you know, three picks in the top 71. So, I mean, you, there are definitely some solid prospects that will be available that will address some key needs. But I mean, I, I basically had no idea. Like I just like, there's so many needs. I'm just talking around it. Like there's so many needs for them to address that I could see them, you know, going any of those routes, but I would probably lean more like offense receiver, offensive line and cornerback at this point. Uh, than anything. No, it's like you, you you turn on ESPN and you got the the World Series of Poker on there, and there's Ryan Poles sitting there. You know, you, you can't <laughs> with the sunglasses on. You don't know what he's gonna do. Like that's that's kind of what I picture. He's like a Texas Hold'em star. Like we don't know where you just <laughs> he's just he's holding those cards. He's just staring at us. We can't get a read on him. And I I would it would make sense, right? It would make sense for him to address, you know, what the the previous regime's shortcomings with the roster building. It would make sense for him to address that in free agency and then go all in on, you know, supporting his quarterback, his his young quarter, second year quarterback in the draft, because those are contracts that are going to be around for the next two, three, four years. Right. In in theory, as long as these guys pan out. So that would make sense. Like that's the long term play to, to build around fields in the draft. That would make some sense. So I'm going to hope that's what happens. Maybe that's the plan. Maybe that's what we're seeing. Uh, you know, they got the two second rounders, as you said, three picks in the top 71. No fourth rounder, two picks in the fifth round, almost back to back, 148 and 150. Then they got the one six round pick, nothing in the seventh round. I guess my question, Alyssa, is maybe they could get into the seventh round. Maybe they could pull a trade for Nick Foles. Maybe somebody would give up a seventh round pick for Nick Foles. I mean, so what's going on with Foles, right? I mean, he's been one of our favorite topics over the last couple of years. Uh, Poor Nick Foles, right? He he held the clipboard all year last year. He finally gets a chance to play for for no reason, right? He held that clipboard all year. Should have played sooner. They finally put him in there, and he he actually leads one of the most entertaining wins of the season for the Bears in Seattle, right? That was just ridiculous. That game, it was awesome. Uh, so here's Nick Foles. Is he the third string quarterback again right now? I guess, right? Simeon's here. Uh, Trevor Simeon's here. So the reports are that they want to trade Foles. It feels like the end of an era a little bit, right? What could they could they get something back for him? Could they get a seventh round pick back for him? What do you think? Yeah, I feel like a seventh round pick in return would be like a win right now. I'll I take mean, it. I'll I feel like it. we'll take anything for him. Just get the contract off the books. Like, I mean, when you kind of look at, I mean, Ryan Poles basically said, which I appreciate by the way his transparency, which is something that we didn't get with the previous regime, right. because Poles flat out said that they're trying to, he's trying to trade him. Which I like that he's not like, oh, I'm worried about hurting people's feelings. Screw that. Like, he's just getting down to business. He's like, okay, we're, he's not the guy. He doesn't fit in this offense. Trevor Simeon's going to be the backup for Fields. He fits better. So, I mean, yes, they're trying to trade him. I'm just glad that he said that first off. So, thank you. Thank you, Ryan Poles. Um, but when you kind of look at it, the, I mean, if they can't trade him, like, I don't like I don't see how they keep him on the roster at that point as a third string stringer again when he has a 10.7 million or 10.67 million cap hit but like if you cut him it's going to be kind of brutal because it's going to you have to eat almost 8 million in dead money and it's going to but it will free up 3 million but if they trade him 
like that that's obviously the most viable outcome at this point because it frees up eight million in cap space and you only have to eat about three million in dead money. So I mean, if they can somehow manage to get something for him, a seventh round pick, like I will be like, yes, win for Ryan Poles. <laughs> what a what a just a, a bad situation, right? Nick Foles, they bring Terrible. him in. He just what what a tenure. Thanks for what, pace. what a tenure he had with the Bears, right? I mean, it was fun for a little while when he, you know, took the job from Mitch <laughs> and we had some fun with it, but then it went downhill real fast. Yeah. We realized we're like, oh no, he sucks. Like this isn't good. This isn't gonna work out. <laughs> uh and then he's just kind of awkwardly holding the clipboard all year last year when Andy Dalton comes in, who's just like marginally better than him, right? Like and when Foles went in, he was like just as good as when Dalton was in. It wasn't really a difference when Foles went in for for Dalton. The only the only one that was markably better was Fields right, when he was playing. And it's just like, man, what a tenure for Nick Foles, huh? Man, I, I'm going to miss him a little bit. Great fodder with Nick Foles. So uh, while I would be excited for the Bears if they can move that horrible contract and finally get out from under the Nick Foles thing, because what just what a failed experiment that was. Uh, I will miss him a little bit. Good fodder for us on the show. And for Bears fans to kind of talk about on Twitter too, Nick Foles. I mean, God bless the guy. I mean, I I kind of love him a little bit. Yeah, Foles was fun. Like he was fun, and then he was not fun, and then he was fun again. It's not fun and, when he's starting I mean, for you, basically. His- yeah, it's not. I mean, he came to save the day, right? For <laughs> when Andy Dalton and Fields were out, like, and you know, it was a snow game, and he actually led us to a victory, so that was fun. So at least he left on a winning note. Um, and hey, I mean, I respect the hell out of any guy that can play start one game and make ten million dollars uh, in one year. So pretty good. Good on him. Pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> That's pretty good. Just reminds me of my entire like high school basketball career. Just like talking a lot, right? Like talking like a big game, but really just not being very good. <laughs> Once you actually get in the game, it's, <laughs> it just doesn't look that good when you're out there. So. All right, I think I feel a little bit better. You know, I had these rants prepared for the show, Alyssa, and I wanted to get it all off my chest. And I, you know, as you said, I don't want to overreact too much, but that's kind of what I do. It's kind of, you know, just how I how I take in sports, how I analyze football a little bit. Uh, I think I feel a little bit better. How about you? This was kind of a, one of our old-fashioned vent sessions. You feeling any uh, better yeah. right now? Or are you still, you know, you feel a little better? Got some off your chest here? And we got to remember, it's not even April yet as we record right now, so... Um, it could get better. Uh, you feel it any better now after that little, that little vent session? Kind of. I think if only, cause I kept saying repeatedly, Hey, it's only March. <laughs> we repeated it's only a few March, things we this week. To... Yeah. Yeah. But we that's what did. it is. I, had to, what it I is. felt like I had to keep saying that to yeah. remind myself yeah. patience grasshopper. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, just be patient. Think it's not the same roster that it's going to be in August, uh, in September. There's still more changes coming. But it's still, and again, it's still concerning though. Like it's okay at this point. And I want to let Bears fans know it is okay to be worried and concerned at this point because we're only in March and you know, the roster is worse than it was last year. Uh, and you have a second year quarterback that you hope is going to be your franchise guy. And it's okay to be worried for him. And it's okay. Not it's okay to kind of question some things that Bulls has done, but don't write him off just yet. He's like, he's a couple months into the job and right. he has to kind of fix everything that Ryan Pace messed up. So, I mean, yeah, We'll see. Again, trying to, pe- to preach patience. Right. And I'm not out on polls, and I understand the moves he's making, and I understand the mindset and all that. Like, I'm not I'm not out on polls at all, but we want to take the North, right, and never give it back, like that, mm-hmm. that great quote he had. And the Packers, Alyssa, are getting worse, right? They lost Devontae <laughs> Adams. Some of their studs on yes. defense are gone. They have the old fart quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, back, and he's you know, <laughs> they have to pay him all this money, and right? It's, like, ridiculous, the amount of guaranteed upfront money he gets from the Packers is out of control. It just is. Every time. It's like, 
oh, he's going to get 200 million guaranteed in the first two years of the deal. It's like so ridiculous. It's just Rodgers. I know I'm exaggerating there, but they're not going to be as good. But the Bears aren't going to be able to make up any of that gap, right? Because they're not as good as they were last year at this point, on paper at least. So that's what it is. It's just a little annoying as a fan when you're when you're gearing up for a season that's that might not be all that fun, right? I think 2023 might be a lot more fun than 2022. So so that's that's where we're at, right? It's just like we're gearing up for a season that, oh, man, it could be painful at times. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought the Packers up because, I mean, as Bears fans don't get to win a lot, so their wins are a Packers loss. Yes, yeah. And I am just like, kind of looking at how everything that's transpired. Yes, Aaron Rodgers is still here. Uh, but you know, eventually that, that contract, like, yes, it's right so now they're able That's to kind of make it work. Yeah. But there's going to be a time though. There's going to be a time when it's going to catch up to them and the Packers are going to find themselves in a similar position, perhaps that the bears have been in the past in terms of like the salary cap. And you know, that when the Rogers is gone, they're not going to have a great roster. So like, I mean, that's, you know, that's something to look forward to in the future. I still remember when, when Devonte Adams was traded to the Raiders, I I have a celebration. It was it was nice. It <laughs> was like it's day. a win for yeah. Bears fans. Happy fun. day. Oh, happy day. The yeah. Bears didn't do anything, but hey, at least Devontae Adams is out of the division. And, and I'm like, who's Jalen Johnson going to be covering now? <laughs> Seriously, yeah. I mean, we got we got Byron Pringle, but at least the Packers don't have Devontae Adams anymore. Yeah. You know. That's and what... hey, in, in terms of you know, hey, Ryan Poles wants to take the North. Well, apparently, it sounds like Ryan Poles is going to take the North in 2023. Not yeah. not this year. <laughs> and it's going to be fun too. Every off season with Rodgers hanging that thing over the Packers. Oh, you know, I might retire. I'll let you know my decision. And meanwhile, if he just retires, they get like a they'll have like a seventy million dollar dead cap hit or something when he does does decide. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's going to be just great. Yeah. It's going to be great to uh to keep an eye on that. So. Yeah, we could root for the uh, Bears fans. Could root for the Packers to fail. I mean, that that could be, you know, what happens. And you know, they might they might win the division again, but you know, it'll be fun in the playoffs when they inevitably lose at home. Um, so there, so there's that. But I don't know. I, I guess our plan, Alyssa, is just to to wait, not overreact too much, stay present, stay in the moment, not overreact too much, see what moves do happen. Um, we'll be back on here if if any big splash move does happen. Um, but otherwise, maybe we'll come back here in, in a bit to dive into the draft a little bit more. Does that sound good to you? That sounds perfect. Try not to hold my breath too much on that splash move, though, right? <laughs> this USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.